0: Welcome to this episode of Classical Road Trip, presented by WDAV, Classical Public Radio, and powered by Ortho Carolina. From 89.9 WDAV and WDAV.org, this is Classical Road Trip.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome back to Classical Road Trip. I'm Alexander McCall. And
2: I'm Tempest Searles. Each episode of our podcast, we make a different stop along the way to teach you about classical music. Today we're visiting the period that defined one of the major musical forms.
1: That's right. The Big Bad Symphony really came to life in the classical period. So today we're going to meet the men who fathered the symphony, Haydn, Mozart, and of course, the mighty, mighty Beethoven.
2: Franz Joseph Haydn was the one who pioneered what we know as the symphony today. A large work spread across four movements performed by many players.
1: What was he Haydn from, exactly? Your jokes, probably. Haydn composed 106 symphonies in his lifetime, and he wasn't shy about giving them interesting names, either.
2: Haydn wasn't just the father of the symphony. He's also sometimes referred to as the father of the string quartet. History also tells us that Haydn was a close friend of Mozart's and even
1: a teacher of Beethoven. And if that comes as any surprise to you, well, we've got just the tune. From Symphony Number 94, The Surprise Symphony, this is The Surprise.
2: Haydn's music is full of jokes, and this symphony is no exception. A loud awakening in the second movement surely shakes things up in this piece.
1: He was asked later in life if this was done on purpose to wake up the audience. He said that no, it wasn't, but instead it was actually intended to outdo the compositions of one of his own students.
2: Haydn wasn't the only one composing tons of pieces in this era. Not too far away, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was doing all sorts of things.
1: He composed operas, symphonies, concertos, and sonatas. Mozart was a pretty hard-working guy, just like his classical-era counterparts. He was a child prodigy of both the piano and the violin, and he began composing when he was five. He later toured around Europe and played for royalty. Mozart's works
2: have become highly recognized in popular culture. In our first episode, you hear his Eine Kleine knock music. Now here's an excerpt from his Symphony Number no. 40.
1: Mozart died while working on another one of his famous pieces, the Requiem. His mysterious death has become a regular topic of conversation among classical music historians. But while
2: Haydn and Mozart furthered the symphony, no one revolutionized it like Ludwig van Beethoven did.
1: But before we get to Beethoven's ninth, we should take a look at his other famous symphony, his
2: fifth. Beethoven's fifth not only expanded the size of the orchestra, but it also gave the trombone its first symphonic debut. They had to wait a while, but these horns were now part of
1: the orchestra. The BBC also used the first bars of the Fifth Symphony during its World War II broadcasts. And if you're wondering why... I am. It's because the first
2: bars mimic Morse code for the letter V, which stood for victory during the war. Why don't we take a listen?
1: Though his fifth is undoubtedly great, there is arguably no greater symphonic work than Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. The piece was very well received
2: by listeners and critics, but Beethoven was completely deaf by the time it premiered. He actually had to be turned around to see the audience's applause. Here's a clip from the second movement.
1: The Ninth's legacy has lived on for centuries.
2: Not just its legacy, but also its curse. The supposed curse of the Ninth began after Beethoven died. It was believed that no one could complete more than nine symphonies before they kicked the bucket.
1: Ooh, spooky. The curse went on to plague other composers like Mahler, Bruckner, and Dvorak, but Philip Glass managed to beat the curse by completing his 10th symphony before premiering his 9th. That didn't keep a member of the audience from collapsing at the premiere, though. We'll pretend the two are unrelated. Beethoven's 9th was also groundbreaking because it was a choral symphony, and the first of its kind at that.
2: Four soloists and a choir join the orchestra in the final movement. Let's hear some of it.
1: Beethoven's Ninth has remained one of the most played symphonies in the world, and it really paved the way for the Romantics to begin composing their great works. That's part of what makes Beethoven so mighty. And while we could
2: sit here and talk about good old Ludwig all day long, we'd better break out the maps and get back on the road. We'll catch you all again on the next episode of Classical Road Trip.
0: Next time on Classical Road Trip, hold on to your tri hats and fasten down your powdered wigs because we're off to the Baroque period to spend a little time with harmonic genius Johann Sebastian Bach and the man behind the Alleluia Chorus, George Friedrich Handel. That's next time when your Classical Road Trip Joyride continues on Classical Public Radio. Classical Road Trip is a production of 89.9 WDAV and WDAV.org. Our executive producer is Mylita Melton. Our producers and hosts are Alexander McCall and Tempest Searles. Our associate producer is Kaylee Blevins. Tam Ferguson directs digital content and Will Kaibel directs marketing. Our general manager is Frank Dominguez. 89.9 WDAV Classical Public Radio is a service of Davidson College. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Classical Road Trip, presented by WDAV, Classical Public Radio, and powered by Ortho Carolina. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org forward slash subscribe and follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College, supported by listeners like you. You can find us on the radio at 89.9 FM, streaming at WDAV.org, or at our mobile app available at iTunes and Google Play. Thanks for listening.